0: From the Naked News Studios in Toronto, Canada, you're listening to Talk Naked. In pornography, your body is part of your brand. Because of how selective the genres of content have become, with search words for almost every type of body, performers with long, successful careers have had to decide. Whether the body they present on camera is one they look to maintain, or one that they want to constantly reinvent or enhance. And who's to say one approach is the key to success? Who's to say one is more successful than the other? Siri Doll is a seasoned porn performer whose career includes a change to her body, marking a distinct new chapter to her legacy. Get ready to fall in love with all things Siri Doll, And as you're listening to this one, folks, just know that we had this talk naked. Hello everybody and welcome to another virtual schmooze. I'm Laura Desiree and joining me today is adult icon and activist, Siri Dahl. Hello. Hello, happy to be here. It's so great to have you. Um, You're you're so legendary in this industry, and I was enjoying so much of my research on you. I want our viewers, who may be meeting you for the first time, to know a little bit about your legacy. Could you please let us know, I guess, what you're known for in this biz? Uh,
1: Yeah, a couple things that I'm known for. Uh, Let's go back to when I first started my career in adult films in 2012. I was definitely known for having extremely large natural breasts. Uh, then I, you know, I, at the time I was also really known for being very vocal about like anti-piracy and like paying for your porn, like support sex workers, that type of thing. Um, then I left the industry. I retired in 2015 and I just, you know, lived a very like boring and normal civilian life for several years. And then in January, 2020, I returned. So now I've been back in the game uh return to my career kind of just was able to pick up where i left off which is great
0: yeah um, i mean yeah. not a lot of people can say that a lot of the times when <laughs> you leave something for even a year even 6 months it's hard to get back and to get back to that 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 level of prestige that you're at uh can i ask what brought you back uh it's a combination of several factors i think probably the biggest
1: one in my mind was just that i was simply like bored in most of the other jobs that i had like None of them were terrible. Like, I did a lot of things. The last thing I did before I came out of retirement was I uh, was an editor, like, at, at a publishing company. So I did copywriting and editing. And I loved it. And it paid well. I really didn't have many complaints. It's just that, like, I didn't feel super passionate about it. And I what I found in that five-year period of not being in porn is that I didn't really feel the sincere passion for what I did the way that I did about the porn industry. I love the people in this industry. I love how accepting and open-minded we are. I obviously, I do love sex. So I love being in a work environment where not only do I get to be like my own boss most of this time, but I get to be kind of uncensored, you know, yeah. and talk about things that excite me. And And I feel like, you know, the job that we all do, whatever kind of sex work you do, like I think it's it's
0: really helping people in a lot of genuine ways. So it's just super important to me. Absolutely. And and we're going to get to the article that you wrote that was what crossed <laughs> by my desk and what came my way and really started this whole pursuit of sitting down and getting a chance to speak with you. But in your return to the industry, can I ask what the biggest learning curve was in just how much of it has evolved in the time you were away? Yeah. I'm,
1: so it's kind of weird because in a lot of ways, things are the same, but in a lot of other different ways, like in very big ways, it is different. And I think to me, uh, you know, fortunately for me, because of the way I ran my business before I retired, it hasn't been, it hasn't caused too much of a learning curve for my business, but it has been super interesting to see the total shift in kind of the power dynamic of, you know, with things like OnlyFans and models running their own platforms, you've seen the power really shift out of the hands of the giant uh studios and more into the hands of performers, which ultimately I do think is a good thing. Um, you know, I was kind of doing a lot of my own content before anyway. So for me, it just kind of worked really well that I was like, oh, great. Like now now the thing that everyone does is the thing that I was starting to do back then, which is build my own content library. Right.
0: Um, It's funny that you say that because I was going to ask, is there a a different kind of content specifically that you're making now that so much of the control of production is in the hands of performers? Has anything changed in the way you depict what you do for for your audience? Absolutely. Like that's one of the things I was going to get to is like,
1: even though when I got started, I was known for having the huge natural boobs Everyone knows by now, I've, while I was in retirement, in a period of my life where I, in, in my mind, totally never intended to return to adult films, Um, which isn't why I did it, but like, you know, it's, cause people ask me all the time, I had breast reduction surgery about five years ago. It was like, kind of right after I retired, I did that. So like, I've had, I had the surgery years ago, I'm all healed, all that, like, best decision I ever made for myself, Um But the funny thing is I still have big boobs. Like even after having a breast reduction, I still have triple D boobs. (laughs) So they're they're still big. They're just not like cartoonishly huge anymore the way they used to be. Right. Um, And the other thing is that I started powerlifting really seriously. So like I almost kind of like did a little flip where like my boobs are slightly smaller, but my butt's a lot bigger now. Yeah. Whereas back then my boobs were way bigger, but my butt was kind of (laughs) smaller. So I'm a little bit more of an ass girl now. And with that, and also with like making my own content, being in more, more in control, I've started doing way more like anal scenes.
0: Ah.
1: You know, I was in the business for three years before I retired and I only did my one, one and only first anal scene in like late 2014. And that was the only one I ever did before I retired. And since I came back, I mean, It might even, I'm thinking of like all the boy girl scenes that I shoot that I put up on my OnlyFans and my clip stores and stuff. And like almost, I want to say more than half of it, probably 60% of it is anal. I do it all the time.
0: (laughs) It's a genuine love for you then, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah good amazing I mean that's some uh, that's some sexy stuff I'll say that much because uh, I am a consumer of that content so thank you for making it <laughs> for your article on sex work and sex worker stigma sex worker hate this was featured in the daily beast this is how your name was really uh, a thrust to the front of my attention I want to talk about how that article came to be why is now the time that uh, you had to speak on this as you did um yeah it felt very timely to me and i have been thinking about writing
1: I, I have been thinking about writing an op-ed or something like an essay similar to that for for quite a while but i just decided i was like God, i gotta i gotta write this i have a, it's just been floating around in my head and i gotta get this out and uh specifically it was when mastercard announced their yeah. new restrictions that are going to be for any like online porn websites Um, which, and we still don't exactly know like what that's going to look like because those things take time, but, um, it's just a matter of like this constant, it truly feels like every day, you know, ever, especially since mastercard, mastercard halted all the payments on Pornhub. Like there's just this constant onslaught of, uh, these big financial companies who have always had a degree of control over the porn industry because of the way credit card billing works. But they're just like, it's just crazy. Now the degree to which they're trying to exert control over our industry. And it's, you know, and I say this in the article, like they're doing it in the name of like stopping or reducing human trafficking. But, but if you really look into the facts and the statistics, like A lot of the information around what human trafficking looks like is misrepresented, and a lot of the time it's misrepresented intentionally by these activist organizations such as like Exodus Cry, who purport that they're about helping victims of trafficking, but really they even have it right there on their own website. Their main mission is to eliminate the porn industry. So it's like... Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, well, they say that they're against human trafficking. So if you say that you're against them, it makes you look bad. But it's like, no, we just have to put a microscope onto the facts of what's going on here because it's very bad. And, and we just, don't know that most average people know exactly what's going on and how bad it is.
0: Well, we're so we're so influenced by, you know, the, the, the leadership of, of powerful people and, and powerful countries, and, and America happens to be on the top of that list. And we've just finished one of the most tumultuous four years of radical conservatism and almost this puritanical sanitizing, I would say. Do you think that there's a shift happening now with uh, – dare I say, anything Biden might be influencing? I don't know.
1: I'm scared, you know, I'm scared because if we we want to dig into the history of legislation that hurts sex workers instead of helping, you know, uh, our current vice president, Kamala Harris, had a hand in FOSTA-SESTA, which has been very harmful to sex workers um, and honestly, women on the internet, <laughs> like you don't even necessarily have to be, be a sex worker to have been affected by FOSTA-FESTA. Yeah. If you've ever posted a photo in a bikini that's been removed for adult sexual solicitation on Instagram, that's FOSTA-FESTA at work. Uh, and a lot of people just don't realize where these things tie in. Um, so, you know, I'm, I mean, we're getting into politics anyway now. Like I'm pretty open with my fan base and on on Twitter and everywhere that I'm I'm pretty far left. Yeah. Um, and that being said, I, I also don't necessarily trust like the current administration to protect sex workers because it's it's a it's a really like twisted issue. It's yeah. it's very it's very hard to feel like I can trust a lot of politicians to do right by us when there's just so many examples of that yeah. not being the case. Um, obviously, I do hope positive change and in my opinion and in the opinions of many other organizations, um, like specifically Sex Workers Outreach Project and the ACLU, like the only way to really do right by sex workers is to decriminalize it. Um, So I am 100% in favor of decriminalizing sex work. Right. I mean, I'm in New
0: York right now. I'm in New York where we just passed, you know, the, the no longer prosecuting prostitution here in this city. That's, you know, one victory in so many that are due for us. Would you say that sex and, and the legalities around it as a business that kind of transcends political parties? Do you find that that controversy is just going to exist regardless of where you are on the political spectrum? Yeah,
1: I think it will. I think it will for sure. I I mean, what's interesting is uh you know, some of uh, what, one of the things I've seen coming up that's like an interesting cross section to me that I wouldn't have anticipated years ago necessarily mm-hmm. is the pretty huge cross section of um of libertarians who it, it might be like more con- on the conservative side with some issues, but because of what libertarian values look like Mm. they have a huge cross-section with people who are like all about decriminalizing sex work. And that's super interesting to me, but that's just one example to me of like how there's this broad political spectrum and how you have people on all ends and everywhere in between who participate or uh, participate in sex work. Like they do it themselves or they consume it on some level. Um, You know, anyone who watches porn, you are participating it, well not part- but you are supporting sex workers yeah, so
0: I, yeah and then you see you know platforms like only fans i mean this is just such a constant discussion when we reflect on the last year of of the industry i mean last almost year and a half two years now almost only fans this boom is this not part of uh, a change of opinion or is this worsening things i i think it's good i think the prevalence of only fans is a good thing for
1: a couple reasons um especially when it's become some, just like a household word, it's, it does, I think have, even though OnlyFans is very like specific with their marketing, like Mm -hmm. they obviously don't say, you you won't find any OnlyFans advertisements anywhere where they come out and say, yeah, sex workers use this platform. They kind of try to distance themselves from that for marketing purposes, which I, I get on some level because if you look at the corporate websites of like any porn company, they all do that. Like, if you look at the MindGeek corporate website, it's yeah. not saying porn, porn, porn there. So it makes sense to me that OnlyFans does the same thing at a corporate level. But we all know the reality, which is that a lot of sex workers use it, and it's a huge mm-hmm. platform for us. Um So I do think that the more word is in the mouths of, like, average people, it does sort of help normalize what sex workers do, especially internet-based sex work.
0: Uh, What excites me so much about um, this discussion of sex work attaching, you know, to OnlyFans is that the umbrella is starting to embrace so many more people. And, uh, I mean, people are... content creators are trying to ask themselves, do I identify as a sex worker or not? And until that word and that industry is looked upon with a more favorable, respectable attitude, it's just, I understand the tug of war. You know, I understand the hesitation to, to be there as an activist. Yeah. It's a challenging thing. It kind of drives to the heart
1: of why I wrote that article, which is that, uh, my message is mainly targeted to people who aren't necessarily anti-sex work, but like they just don't because I have these are my real life friends. Like I don't live in L.A. I don't live in New York. I live in Kentucky. Like there are yeah. many sex workers around. I mean, they're obviously here, but like as a someone who's a high profile porn performer, like I'm, I'm very visible yeah. in the city as someone who does sex work and I don't hide it. Um, so I get people just like civilian friends, people who don't know anything about the porn industry ask me questions constantly about, you know, what does this look like? What's that like? And so I very much am about sending this message of like, this is a job, you know, it's, and that's what I say in the article is like, even if you don't like what I do, you don't have to support my job. You don't have to buy my content, but what I do need you, what I need everyone in this country to realize is sex work is a job. And even if you don't think it is, if you, if we allow these new legislations to pass, like, you know, the SISEA, SISIA bill or whatever you want to call it, that was introduced, which was not passed. It died. Um, At the end of 2020 in session, it died. But but, so bills like that, which was kind of just a new version of FOSTA-SESTA, like, if these things pass, it will harm sex workers so deeply, it will harm our income. And and that's where I come to like, look, you don't have to like what I do, but we don't deserve to have our jobs taken away. And you do not want to see what that would look like if it did happen, because there would be a massive segment of the economy which would just collapse. Like imagine all the people who make a good income on OnlyFans and all of the people who have started making good income on yes. OnlyFans to replace losses income through the pandemic. And if you just like eliminate that, that's yeah. a, huge problem. a huge, huge problem. And then you have all these makeup artists, you have photographers, videographers, tons of people lose their job as a domino effect of attacking sex workers. And that's just something I, more people really need to realize that, that this is an actual economy at work. And you don't have to like it to understand that it, it, deser- it it's allowed to exist,
0: you know? And that it really is attached to so much of the respectable world that's out there, whatever that might be, you know, however you draw that line in the sand. It's just like you said, the domino effect is dangerous if this is something that we try to eliminate entirely. Thank you for saying that. My God. Yes. <laughs> Siri, we gotta uh, we gotta uh, let the viewers know how they can get in touch with you, where they can find out more because this is just such a wealth pool of wisdom that I'm, I'm having this opportunity to speak with you right now. Please let our viewers know how that's possible.
1: My main website is siridoll.com. It's got links to everywhere else that I'm online and there is like a little merch store there as well. Um, but yeah, my, my big ones are that siridoll.com is my main site. I stream on Twitch a couple nights a week. My username there is just Siri Doll. And then on Instagram, I'm Siri.ps.
0: Amazing. And we're new friends on Instagram, so get ready. Yay, we are share right. a lot of memes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to your memes. Thank you so much for today, Siri. And everybody watching, I hope you enjoyed this wonderful chat and this virtual schmooze all the way from New York City. For Naked News, I'm Laura Desiree. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Don't you just love the incredible Siri doll? Remember, people, there is a gorgeous, full-length, uncensored video version of that interview waiting for you at NakedNews.com. And to never miss a moment here on the Talk Naked podcast, all you have to do is like, favorite, or subscribe to this channel. And, of course, you can follow us on our social media. Our Instagram account is at Talk Naked Podcast. We'll see you back. Back here real soon.